The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. It is essential for us to understand that. We must stand boldly on the firm foundation of God's wisdom through his revealed word, uh, through the, the grace provided by his son and salvation, and the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We are totally ready for tonight. We are very excited. <laughs> and, uh, are you convincing yourself? I'm or? convinced. I'm fully convinced. But then again, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're going to do a little news roundup for you. Uh, we have some stories that have happened in the recent past. I don't know what that gesture was. <laughs> I'm getting gestures across the... You were shaking your leg and it was moving my mic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> chip a tooth. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a news roundup for you. What we're going to do is just hit a couple of fun stories, maybe stories you haven't exactly picked up on, and uh, touch on the... Yeah, come, come on. on and <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do it with you. <laughs> It's too embarrassing. Are we going to talk about Lightyear and the lesbian kiss in it? Uh, we could, but that's not on the list. But now I want to talk about it. Oh man! Uh, here's what it, we're, don't, don't go. See it, don't though. go to see Lightyear. There you go. That's it. We're going to tell you that. Don't go to see Lightyear. Uh, invest your money elsewhere, uh, like somewhere that is in a probably a box in the ground because. Well, I mean, soon the paper it is printed like on like a coffin. Like, <laughs> no, like a shoebox you bury in the ground. Because I'm saying, like the like the bad steward who just hid the money in the ground and then oh. gave it back. Because literally, your money is turning into less and less money every day, and uh, oh, you definitely oh, shouldn't invest your money it in Disney. Oh, I and I was gonna say you could invest it in the stock market or crypto, but let's say uh, you know what? Not and right now. If you have superfluous buy money, when it's down, man. Buy when I'm, it's down. I'm, I was gonna say if you have superfluous money. This is not this is not financial advice, but it's not a bad idea to always buy low, and uh, we're not gonna. <laughs> Actually, you should wait for the next Fed release of the uh, interest rates uh, at the end of uh, the, sep- the end of the summer, because I have the feeling that everything's going to drop even lower, because they're going to have to raise it a full point. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Don't don't take my word for it, because I'm not Warren Buffett. <laughs> Carpe fide stock exchange. <laughs> don't don't do that. Um, our news roundup. After we're telling you not to go see Lightyear, don't do that. Don't don't do that. Go see Top Gun instead. Uh, do not go see Lightyear, please. Whatever you do. But we have a bunch of stories. They're fun. We're going to look at them from a cultural Christian Christian perspective on the culture. Uh, before we do that, we want to mention that we do indeed have uh, the only that I'm aware of, fully Christian, in your face, loving, full gospel, uh, rainbow pride shirt available for you to purchase in the conservative reformed christian tradition <laughs> i don't know how to say that yeah well you know the problem is is that people don't want to put this shirt out because people have stuff to lose and we got nothing to lose we've got nothing to lose uh so you should definitely head over to carbafida.com and check out the shop uh we would love for even even if you just check it out we'd love some feedback on it uh one of the things the fact the only uh, it visually is very appealing and it is very much clearly the gospel uh, God's bow is is there. It is strung with an arrow, and the arrow is aimed towards heaven. And you see the you see hands that are marked uh, nail nail scarred hands, and uh, and the the verses are Genesis nine thirteen mentioning the covenant of the bow, uh, and then also uh, Isaiah forty forty five. Help me fifteen. No, 
I cannot help you because I do not have it memorized. We should have had it handy. We are failures. But the uh, verse yeah. where it says that Christ is wounded for our transgressions and pierced for our iniquities. Uh, yeah. So it is overtly obvious that we are calling to the gospel uh, through the rainbow because it is God's bow. It is not man's bow. And it was not made to celebrate sin. It was made to highlight God's gracious hand of redemption. Genesis 9.13 and Isaiah 53.5. 53.5. I am a failure. So sorry. Uh, but the shirt's really awesome. If anything, I could say it's uh, it's probably more involved design than we've done before, but that's because we need people to hear the gospel message and understand that they need to repent of sin. The bow, the rainbow is not to celebrate sin. It is to highlight that we need grace for salvation. Oh, so frustrating. So frustrating. It, it did turn out a lot better than I thought it would. So It is really. It's actually a really nice shirt. If you're looking at the pictures and you're like, eh, you know what, I don't really know, and just bump up the quality probably by at least a notch, and you're like, oh, man, yeah, no, I need this shirt. Yeah, I mean, if you can find a way to message Jesse, he can show you some like visual shirt images of it actually on a body. It does look quite nice. A living body, not uh, a dead body. Like a mo- like, <laughs> that do that. took a turn. We don't do <laughs> right. that. We don't do that often. <laughs> Dress up just as it. No, never mind. There was that one time. Yeah, man. He had it coming. All right, let's do some uh, let's do some news roundups here. Coming uh, over for cadaver dress up. <laughs> I think. I think we should start with a sports story. Are you okay with starting with a sports story? <laughs> yeah, and then I think we should sandwich other stories in between the sports story. I think that's what I was hoping to do as well. <laughs> we are like the same person. It's scary. Uh, so starting with a sports story. This is <clears throat> this will be. Well, we're starting the NFL because it's the only sport Jesse knows anything about. <laughs> it's true. It's not. It's not. He's named Lion. I used to follow tennis. Ironically, <sighs> what? Yeah, remember Grandpa used to watch tennis. I remember that. Yeah, I don't know if I. Would, I don't know if you can like say that that's like following tennis. No, like I, I got into tennis for a bit. Roger Federer. It was when Roger Federer was number one, and then Djokovic. Okay, then so anyway, I hated him, but now that he got kicked out of like Australia or wherever, and now I'm like, yeah, now, that, no, now that he's an anti-vaxxer, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, it's great. Yeah. So just, I mean, it's also, less about also, the end of Axe, it's just more about the principled stand. Look, seriously, yeah, that's that's the truth. But uh, Australia, get your crap together. Come on. What the heck, dude? That's, uh, that's a mess. On my list of places to visit, not Sydney, ever, 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 ever. All right. <clears throat> Seeing it and finding Nemo was enough for me. This is an interesting story. We have an NFL player in the prime of his career. His, name's, uh, his name is Kari Willis. He plays uh, safety for the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was great. Uh, he he was drafted in 2019. We're talking 2022. Uh, it's on his third the third year of his deal. He would, he's a ready to sign. Uh, he would have been getting ready to ink another deal. Twenty uh, six year old. Uh, he's, he's a starting safety. I mean, he's a start. He's a starting NFL safety. That's the guy that plays in the way back of the defense that guards long the long throw. I'm just making sure everybody's on the same page because I know we do have, you know, people that might watch Canadian football, and I don't know if that's the same. But uh, I just wanted to <laughs> clarify that. Do, do Canadians have football? Yeah, they have the Canadian Football League. Get off of my mic again, Justin. I'm so sorry. I'm so oh sorry. My gosh. They have the Canadian Football League. Uh, I'm assuming most of their symbols involve um, probably, you know, ice skates and maple leaves for the team's mascot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being stereotypical. Having an, having an ice skate for a, a football. I know. It'd be ironic. I mean, that's the point. It was ironic. Yeah, no, it was funny. All right. Thanks. Um, 
he's 26 years old. He he's on the prime. He's on. The, he's ready to to be signing another contract that would be much more lucrative than his rookie deal contract. Um, and he is walking away completely from the game of football. He is he is leaving it behind, and that is a shocking story. Period. Uh, that a a a player staring down uh, a lucrative contract, uh, doing well at his profession, um, would walk away. Um, but what's more, even what's even like more interesting to to me is is why he's walking away. Um, he uh, released a statement, um, and the statement is is pretty awesome. Um, so here is here is a statement from Kari Willis. I'd first like to thank the Indianapolis Colts organization for granting me the opportunity to compete in the National Football League the past three years. I've built lifelong relationships with numerous teammates, coaches, and support staff that have impacted me greatly. The lessons that I've learned in this phase of my life will be valuable for me in the next chapter. With much prayer and deliberation, I've elected to officially retire from the NFL as I endeavor to devote the remainder of my life to the further advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank all of my family, friends, and those who have supported me on this journey thus far, and I look forward to your continued support through the next phase of my life. I am both humbled and excited to pursue the holy call that God has for my life, which brings me much joy and purpose. Thank you all for your support over the years. God bless. Kari Willis. That's just... I'm still having a hard time processing just because our nominal American Christianity doesn't really have a category for this type of thing (laughs) it just doesn't exist i mean people can't people would rather watch football on a sunday than attend and this guy's making millions and millions and millions of dollars about to hit his stride and he's like you know what i was doing some thinking (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so let's put this into perspective uh he was about to make more money than i mean is probably feasible for us to ever under like to consider uh, making in a year. <laughs> certainly, um, this uh, this this particular uh, article comes from uh, the USA Today, the Colts Wire beat writing. Uh, they highlighted the money he was leaving on the table. Um, and uh, some commentary. If there were any questions about Willis's conviction to retire and pursue a career in ministry, those would be silenced by the fact that he left more money on the table in 2022, that would be this coming season, than he had made in his first three NFL seasons combined. Mm. This year he would have made $2.54 million. That was the base salary for the season, which means there are additional uh, incentives he could earn on top of that $2.54 million. Uh, this was more than he had made in his three previous base salaries combined. Mm-hmm. And he was, again, on the cusp of needing to sign a second deal, which would have been more lucrative as he had proved his worth as a starting safety in the NFL. He walked away from $2.54 million in the thing that he has pursued his whole life to be to excel at, to, to pursue a, 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 a ministry, to pursue the call of ministry on his life. And those are his words. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't care where you go to pastor. You taking a pay cut, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're a woman and stepping in for <laughs> Rick Warren. You're <laughs> you're definitely taking wow. A pay you cut. just we didn't even wait. You're not even going to go to like, hey, let's talk about the SBC. You're just going to dive right in. <laughs> no, no, I want to talk about this a little bit more. I mean, it's it's just it's <clears throat> it really is truly amazing, and I, I I I pray that I pray that his ministry is. Uh, is 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 true and and god glorifying and god honoring but i mean still just that just that anyone would do that it it still blows my mind i mean 
like, like, do you know how easy it would be, right, for someone to say, okay, well, I can make this my ministry, right? Like, people do that all the time. I mean, there's tons of, there's lots of Christian, good, good vocal Christian sports players. Absolutely. You know, that, that hold God's name high in, in their sports playing. And that he didn't even meet halfway on that, that there's, there is some type of clear call for him. And to do, to do anything else would be a violation of, of, of what, of what that call is. Um, and then to actually act out on that conviction is just uh, a stunning display uh, for all to see. It's That's really beautiful. It really highlights. And it's a quote that I always forget who to attribute it to, cause I can never remember who said it, but, um, the, basically the premise of the quote was, uh, if you think you're, if you think you you could be a pastor, but you could also do anything else, then you don't have the call in your life. Don't be a pastor, <laughs> because the call isn't something that is a vocation. It's not just a vocation. We talk about the call as if it's vocational ministry versus lay ministry, as if you must be paid, or if you're not paid, there's some sort of degrade, degradation, degradation to the call. But a call, dig it, dig it. <laughs> but the call itself, it comes from God, and it is a com- it is compelling, um, and so that's that's awesome. Uh, it's it's awesome to to see someone just fervently commit uh, to something, and not just fervently commit to it, but but allow it to cost them something a, a great a great price for for earthly standards, but obviously pales in comparison to doing what he to doing something that he was not called to do when he had been called by Christ to do something else. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing to think about. Agreed. We should all have that kind of faith to leave the cost of this world on the table to pursue the infinite worth of serving the eternal king for his kingdom. Amen. So that's kind of a softball story to start. Kind of a really fun softball story. And uh, talking about people who... Uh, have have left something to do something worthwhile. Uh, now we can let's let's transition to the to the SBC. <laughs> We're transitioning to people who Where have, lots who of have people are considering leaving, leaving something to do something, something worthwhile. worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Last year our episode was denomination or demon nation. Uh, we I don't want to I don't want to do a whole other thing because uh, as non committal non denominational. <laughs> you know pastors uh i don't want to i don't want to just be lobbing stones here but um, all right i'm just saying though that doesn't mean we're not faithful to the word <laughs> i didn't say that i didn't say that at all no i mean I, what i what i'm trying to say is there's some things here that we can say look if you trace the history and this is something important if you trace the history of abortion and the roe v wade decision going back into the 70s evangelical christians did not do well in standing boldly against it back then and part of those christians that were the problem was the sbc and we know that they had a softball on the table to simply affirm and a a just not even i wouldn't even say a harsh there wasn't harsh verbiage in this it was just an overtly abolished abolitionist perspective on abortion that that is namely that there is no way for abortion in any way to be okay. Right. It is completely evil. It is completely wrong. And it is the murdering of a life, which we which we should all be in agreement on. Right, right. Uh, now, uh, you can just affirm that. Like you don't have to. Don't think. Don't don't start putting your pragmatism on it. I understand. 
I understand clearly the differences between incrementalism and the abolitionist movement. I can have a very nuanced conversation of them both. But that doesn't mean in any way anyone should ever say anything other than abortion is clearly murder and forbidden by the sixth commandment, wholly outrightly against an affront on the holiness of God is an affront on God's holiness. Right. Um, so here we have uh, an article that Tom Askell wrote um, following um, the SBC's convention this year. Um, and, you know, there's still a pretty clear trajectory, uh, at least at least just from, from my un- non, what do they call them? Uh, what do they call the people? Messengers. From a non-messenger perspective, um, they just seem to be walking in the wrong direction. So, um, uh, he mentions a couple things in this article and all these articles will be linked in the, uh, in the show notes so that you can follow along with us. Uh, he mentions critical theory. He mentions God's design for men and women. He mentions LGBT, uh, affirmation. He forgot the Q and the plus. So shame on him. Um, he mentions abortion, um, and really the drive for this article, um, the, the article's titled, uh, The SBC Must Be Shaped by the Word and Not the World, to which everybody should be able to say amen. Um, but the amen. Prob- <clears throat> but the problem is is that there are compromises in each of these uh, categories. Um, so, for instance, in critical theory, about halfway down, he says, sadly, recent years have shown that the SBC seems unwilling to clearly condemn these uh, corrosive teachings, um, even as school districts and some Christian colleges around the country find the courage to do so. Um, so the disastrous resolution nine on CRT passed in 2019, um, and, and others, and other such things just, and we, we know we, we've done many episodes on, on, um, critical theory on social justice and, and all of those types of things. And it's, it is a, it is a cancer. It's, it, its existence is antithetical to God's existence, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's wholly opposite. Critical of, theory, yeah, um, emphatically, because it causes right. It's it's emphatically that way. It, it causes division where God brings brings restoration, redemption, and and connection. He brings unity in these things, and CRT seeks to divide over things. God causes specifically emphatically not to divide on there's neither jew nor greek slave or free male nor female for all are one in christ jesus literally the gospel unites things that are are opposed and what we do is then try to bring in something in a way that allows us to to air grievances um, and christ is over here like hello i went to the cross you're talking about grievances that are 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 temporal and futile and some in many ways, non-existent. You're, you're trying to elevate your grievances to increase your status. I'm calling you to humble yourself before me as sovereign Christ. Right? It, it's, yeah. All right. CRT is emphatically anti-biblical. Yeah. Um, he goes on to talk about God's design for men and women. <clears throat> um, citing the Baptist faith and mission. Faith and mission? Faith and message? I forget. Um, he quotes, it says, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. Wow, that, that's a great, that's a good statement. Um, but, um, yep, check. Yeah, okay. checks, yeah. Biblical, that checks out, yep. He goes on to say, and yet we see some churches within our convention acting as functional egalitarians. And I, I would even just remove functional, they're just acting as egalitarians. Um, 
all the while still claiming to hold to complementarianism. Um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is like, I, I'm, I'm, I personally am even just, uh, I mean, I, depending on how you nuance comp, complementarianism, I, I can be fine with certain definitions of that, but I, I, I tend to put things more in a patriarchal type view of, of gender roles at this point. I think that there's a distinction there that's, that's good and important, but, but yeah, I mean, you've got, you have pastors like Rick Warren who is stepping down and then names a man and his wife as the succeeding pastors. It's like, oh, well that, that's a problem. She, she's not a pastor. <laughs> God doesn't call her one. Why are you calling her one? That's confusing. Uh, you know, and then you got people like Beth Moore, Johnny Mac telling her to just go home. <laughs> it's just ironic in more ways than one. It, it, they're, they're, so this, these, the issue, the issue with Rick, I'm sorry, this is going to, this comes off, this is total, um, this is going to be total naivety on my part, and I'm okay with it. Carpe fide, unplugged. I'm okay with not knowing this. Uh, I did not know that Saddleback was an SBC, SBC church. <laughs> I didn't know that Rick Warren was an SBC pastor. <laughs> um, you know what else is an SBC church? Ooh, do tell. Elevation church. Ooh. <laughs> 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 the global church? The global SBC church was uh did did anybody like Frederick all over the stage here or no? <laughs> I think he did. I think <laughs> Rick Warren, Warren did. did it for him. <laughs> Steve, you stay home. I got this. I'm going to write another diet book. Here we go. All right. So I didn't know this, but one of the things and when you have SBC churches that like this, these mega churches where you're talking donors and money and, and, and name recognition and pulling their weight, uh, uh, throwing their weight about it. It's, it's gross. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you do not model your life after the purpose driven life or the purpose driven church. That is not what you model your life at. You model your life after Christ. And for a man to get up and say, what he has done as if it gives him the authority to supersede things that would be scriptural is probably, I mean, it's right. It is right on that line of really wanting to highlight a false teacher because your accomplishments can be piled up in a a pile of, of, of dung and menstrual rags and burnt before God. So let's be clear here. Let's be real careful real careful when you start talking about the people that you've led to Christ and start enumerating them as if it gives you worth. Your worth and dignity is found in being a child of God solely. Well, you know, Justin, Saul saved his thousands and David (laughs) saved his tens of thousands, but Rick saved his hundreds of thousands. (laughs) Uh, There is a fantastic, there is a fantastic satire account. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. Um, just, just go it over. I mean, one of the, what, one of the, I mean, for, for those who didn't know, uh, Rick Warren got up and made it, made his address and, uh, he called it like a lo- love letter of, of sorts. And he says, he literally it was just written to himself. So, but good. It is written to himself. <laughs> it's like hearing, it's like worse than hearing Trump speak. Honestly, he, he just goes and he lists his accomplishments. I preached over 120 harvest crusades before I was 20. Uh, 
We baptized 56, over 56,000 new believers, 20,800 members overseas to 200 nations, 78,000 members of our church signed our membership covenant. I had the privilege of training over 1.1 million pastors. Sorry, friends, that's more than all of our seminaries put together. So keep me in the SBC. <laughs> so, no, no. So do what I, I say. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is like the opposite of Paul. Paul's over, <laughs> Paul's over here. Like, uh, let me write a letter. Uh, how do I start this one out? Um, oh, I got it. I got it. Um, Christ came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. <laughs> I am the worst sinner, and Christ saved me, and that is why Christ came to save the worst sinners. Yeah, this does not come across as a Pauline address. <laughs> this isn't three times I was shipwrecked and <laughs> let down through windows and baskets. And Yeah, this you know, isn't calling someone to account for their sin uh, and their arrogance by saying, you, you, you should really be careful about it because I, I could boast, but these boasts are nothing. This is someone saying, no, literally, look at what I have done. Also, how dare you come at me with this woman pastor issue? <laughs> how... How dare you? Where's Greta when we need her? <coughs> oh, man. <laughs> Coming soon. So it says, if Rick Warren hasn't taken credit for it, have you really been converted? <laughs> this parody account is quite humorous, and for a man to stand up at a place that is supposed to be a convention of those that are professing Christ and to highlight his works of works of effort in the gospel uh, as, as if they would supersede a convention aimed that is supposed to be aimed at confirming the scriptural motion of a whole section of churches. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't understand it. But then again, I didn't know Rick Warren was a Southern Baptist. I, there you go. I, I just thought he was a mega pastor out in California doing absolutely nothing to change the culture. So congratulations on your big paycheck, I guess. I don't know what to say. I, don't, I just don't California? know what to say. I don't even know where That's he is. That's where Saddleback is. Oh, there you go. I've appointed female pastors more female than all pastors combined. <laughs> This account's great. That, that's all. This is all coming from the satire account. It's, yeah. it's quite humorous. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read all of them for you because you can read them. But yourself, yeah, but. Get, you, should, you check it out in the show notes. It's gonna be. It's quite. A, it, it's a good. It's just good for a, a little giggle at someone who, whose arrogance probably should be highlighted and made fun of, much like Mount Carmel and Elijah. So yeah, I mean, uh, Tom goes on to highlight LGBT affirmation, um, t- talking about how uh, some some pretty prominent leaders in the SBC have talked about. Uh, whispering sexual sin, uh, which is just... Uh, have you heard this? this yeah, this so Baker, the current, the most recently at this convention elected pastor and the previous have have highlighted that the scripture simply whispers about sexual sin when emphatically God came down to Mount Sinai and literally before Moses even walks the mountain, he speaks to his people the Ten Commandments, which literally it's the ten words. He speaks ten words to the people is, is what the, the scripture says in the Hebrew. And these ten words, right, are, are literally the spoken words of God to the children of Israel that he's just freed from, he's redeemed them from, from Egypt and, and slavery. And one of the words is is clearly that I'm the God of sex and you do sex my way. That's literally the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Um, and, And he starts there and throughout the scripture, he highlights his covenant relationship in terms of, of his people whoring themselves out to the world. Like God is emphatic about, about the, 
the idea of of marriage and man and man and woman and what they come together to form in husband and wife and he's so clear about it from from cover to cover uh, Genesis begins this way and and there's no whispering it's throughout it, it it starts with the wedding of Adam and Eve it ends with the marriage feast of the lamb what do you what more do you want him to do <laughs> just oh, take God, a just look. it's in the book <laughs> read the bible <laughs> Uh yeah, we we touched on abortion. I, I don't think we need can to say. I do all things through Jesus Christ <laughs> with Warren, with church family. Okay, okay. We talked. We already talked a little bit about abortion. Uh, one of the one of the crazy, one of the absolutely insane things is that Louisiana was just was literally set. They were poised to pass the first statewide, truly abolitionist bill that would criminalize every abortion. And the ERLC put it down. They Good. shot it. The ERLC, a Southern Baptist organization, shot it. The Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission shot down a bill that would call abortion what God calls it. Yes, this is an this is a specifically an organization under the Southern Baptist umbrella that is funded by the Southern Baptist Southern Baptist Convention of Churches uh, to weigh in on um, ethic religious questions in a uh, lobbyist type format. Um, they do a lot of work in Washington. They, they focus on these political battles. They're supposed to be holding the biblical standards high for politicians to be able to model themselves after God's moral standards. And I'm sorry, strikeout. And this isn't like, this is like a one, two, three strikeout. This is all three pitches at once. You swung and missed. And the, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how you could, they continue to fund this organization. The, on the table was to defund the ERLC through the Southern Baptist Convention, and they did not do that. They did not support that motion. They are still funding this organization. Yeah, apparently it got a lot of. Apparently it got a surprising amount of support to to defund the ERLC, um, but it obviously you know. Yeah, I mean, but. <laughs> But all of these things highlight the direct, they're a directional concern. And I think that that's really Tom, Tom Askell's point here, which we, we, we are very thankful for Founders Ministry. Um, I, I'm sad that neither Tom nor Vody uh, were able to secure the presidency of the Southern Baptist Convention, which would have begun to shape and change the uh, actual direction of the Southern Baptist Convention. But it, it just highlights, it just highlights the, the weight of culture on these these giant uh, denominations. If you can point to a denomination that is actually moving in the right direction uh, right now, I I will I will personally give you a high five through whatever medium you choose, and I will Methodists. <laughs> well, you know, what? I was I literally as I was saying that I was thinking the Methodists actually did hold up in their convention, but that's only because all the Methodists from Africa actually showed up and said, "No, no, no, we're not doing that. No, 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 no," because the Methodist Church movement in, mis- in missions actually is very strong in 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 Africa, and there's many Methodist Christians in Africa that are growing and thriving, and they're saying, "No, what are you talking about?" We don't live in America, and you you can keep that crazy all to yourself. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> Sorry, we're still United Methodist Church even over here in Africa, and uh, we say no, nope, not having it. <laughs> yeah. So praise God for them. 
Alrighty. Options uh, to move. Certain countries in Africa, Hungary and Poland. All right. So. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> righty. So next we move on to the Tampa Bay Rays. That's our second sports story. Well, I thought it'd be ironic for you to go to the Pittman Baptist Church if you really wanted to just hit a local story real quick. Oh, we sure. move right from the Southern Baptist Convention to highlight the weight of <laughs> culture moving in on the denomination. I don't know if they're Southern Baptist, though. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, Baptist is in the name. It's in the name, yeah. And it highlights the disc. So, if uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, not to throw, the, the Methodist Church in America um, tends to be a little bit more liberal than most, if, if you go to a town, the Methodist Church tends to be a little more, more liberal. You find the UMC, they're a little more liberal than if you were to find a First Baptist of the town. It just tends to be the case. But not in Pittman. Fair. <laughs> so Pittman is a small town. Uh, my mailing address here in South Jersey is Pittman, although I am in the borough of Glass, the Glass borough, uh, as far as my taxes go. My mailing address is Pittman. Um, and the, the small town of Pittman has a very robust <laughs> Pride Month celebration. Yeah. It started last year. In its robustness. Yes, that is correct. It started last yes. year. Yes. Um, they have uh, a very large section of housing in Pittman. Uh, it's it's right on a lake, and so it was actually a summer uh, a summer destination for a lot of people. They had very small cottage like houses uh, in a very interesting section of town that were literally summer homes for people to purchase uh, for the summer and be near the lake and then share in the lake and have you know kind of like a beach like experience right here in the heart of South Jersey. Um, those houses the the <laughs> More or less, the lake got polluted. <laughs> and so, I was about to say, was that before or after the pollution? <laughs> Ain't nobody swimming in that lake no more. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, uh, you're, you're welcome to fish here, but really be careful. Do not try try to avoid falling in. No no falling in. <laughs> uh, and do not do not eat. Don't eat the fish. <laughs> There's no keepers here. <laughs> no keepers. Um, and so those houses actually... Uh, many of which were built for summer uh, homes were not meant to house a family for long term are now uh, being bought reconverted into what is uh, smaller homes and and usually less expensive i mean well in this market nothing's cheap but they're less expensive homes and so you've had a large movement of people that Give are it a young, couple months <laughs> young very uh very liberal uh, a large movement of of those that would ascribe to the lgbtqia plus lifestyle and it has kind of reshaped a ta- the town in many ways, and so June is very much celebrated hard. Pride is pride is a big deal now in in Pittman in the past two years, but what is that? That may not necessarily be disturbing in and of itself. As we look across the country, you we find you know, geez, look across the world, we find most U.S. embassies flying the 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 progress rainbow flag, rainbow pride flag. We find houses across the country taking down their American flag to put up. I I just I love the celebration of the Noahic Covenant. I don't know why people <laughs> keep celebrating the Noahic Covenant that way, but boy, do they! <laughs> they really love, really love Noah. Um, the the disturbing part of this is that the the Pittman Baptist Church is the hub, uh, in essence, of much of the goings on of the Pride Day celebration for the second year running, and it is. Very sad. Yeah. They literally hosted Drag Queen Story Hour for the town. Like, full-on Drag Queen Story Hour. Yes, the things you hear about in the news. The irony here is the Methodist Church over here is like, 
nope. <laughs> nope. I have not. Well, we're good over here. We're 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 just fine. Oh my gosh. Um, the 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 church did indeed host. It lets it it converts its parking lot. So there's uh, a lot of a lot of child focused resourcing uh, at the church to support LGBTQIA plus lifestyles, movements, authors, uh, gifts, giveaways, and now drag queen story hour. Um, giving away your innocence. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very, it just, it highlights an incredible bit of biblical illiteracy. And it's very, very sad. It's very sad to me. Um, and, and in sharing the, in sharing the Baptist name, we can see that the, <laughs> As the Southern Baptists go, uh, so the Pittman Baptist Church is is well ahead of them. Um, in fact, uh, there was a, a a photo that was replied to. Uh, there was actually a, a person handing out Bibles, um, you know, not ones that are edited, just like the real Bible, to people at at the uh, Baptist Church. And uh, quick to correct, it was the pastor of the Baptist Church on social media saying. Uh, you know, look, we're really sorry if that was offensive. They weren't affiliated with they us. They weren't with us. They weren't affiliated with us in any way. And it's like, dude, like you, you're the, you're a pastor, and you're not. Not only are you not celebrating someone handing out God's word to people, you're downplaying it as you have a man dressed as a woman reading a story to children about how they should adopt the LGBTQIA plus lifestyle in their little five to eight year old minds. Like, what are we doing? What are you like? I don't know how you're, you're like adding to that millstone, bro. That millstone is going to be so big. The biggest, the biggest millstone. Like the questions, it's one of those theological theodicy questions. Like, can God make this millstone so big that he himself can't lift it? <laughs> As he casts you overboard. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Right? And that's in our backyard. And I was like, all Mark right. and avoid. Yeah, mark and avoid. Well, just saying next year we're I've been I've been chatting with anyone that'll hear me about having a alternative event open to people to come to with children. Where pastors read biblical stories uh, and and church history stories, and there's refreshments and games and fun, and you can have a person that actually loves God read to your children about actual true things happening, as opposed to the lie that they can become whatever gender they want. We love children, but not like the drags do. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no it 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 was a it was such a it was such a shocking thing. Um, I mean, last year when they did it, we, we, unfortunately, really, this type of news like happens a little bit too fast for us to like actually, and they catch us re- way off guard. So yeah. last year was way off guard, and then this year it just it's like you're trying to do a hundred things, and we're coming into a season where our church, our little church, is doing ministry, and we're getting all set up for our summer ministry, uh, where we have some really cool family events and in the t- in our town in the town that we live in, um, and well, of which there's never a drag queen at it because that's not the event we run. Um, and and then it sneaks up on you this this Pride Day because it, it's different in every town and in every location because you know they ambush you. It could be any day in June. You never know. Whoa, when's it gonna come? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're we're gonna we'll, we'll try to do better. But that that is a local story that does hit home hit hard uh, in the heart here for us at home. Yeah. I mean, funny little anecdote. I mean, we were so a couple of people from church. We had set up a uh, 
a booth at the Glassboro uh, Community Day, is what it's called. Um, this is not a Pride event. No, it was, but it was the same day, one town yes. over, so one small town yeah. over uh, and, from from the Pride Day. And there, there were definitely people trailing in from the Pride event for sure. Uh, we had a couple couple interactions. Uh, we had some some good uh, Pride gospel tracks um, on our table. Um, certainly not being imposing on anyone, but inviting to all. Um, you know, and and some people some people took it. One, one person wrote, "We have a we have a box for prayer requests, so we can pray for our community." And um, one person wrote, you know, that Christians would be more loving and tolerant and was saying it out loud angrily as she was writing it. And that it Christians would stop being hateful and be more loving and tolerant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said stop being more, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and uh, so, I mean, you have interactions like that. And then this, this one person did circle back and actually, like, took a tract and took a Bible and was clearly, you know, distressed. And so we've been praying for praying for that person as well that, you know, as seeds are planted and God works, uh, in her heart, hopefully, hopefully there will be, um, some, uh, some watering and some growing and some reaping of harvest in her life. But I mean, you know, it's just like, it's just the idea that we as Christians, we cannot vacate these spaces. Right. I mean, we've been doing that for far too long and look where it's gotten us. It's gotten, you know, I mean, I, I know Rick Warren's stats are impressive, but you know, we've got, we, we have not been, we have not been making good gospel ground for far too long. We, we cannot vacate these spaces. We have to, you know, we, we were debating putting, uh, I don't know if I told you this, we were debating putting those tracks on the table. We're like, oh, I don't know if we're ready to handle it. You know, everyone's like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't really know if I want to engage with this type of thing. And you know, what one of our congregants was like, he, he picked it up and he read the back of it. He's like, no, nah, we, we can definitely talk about this. He just opened up the back of tracks and put it right down. I'm like, all right, man, let's go. Let's do it. Um, and, and we did. We, we had some, some good conversations and some really awkward conversations, but we cannot vacate these spaces and, and leave the culture to dictate um, what truth is to people because it ain't the same truth, that's for sure. Amen. So that's uh, that connects us to a local story here. Local news in South Jersey from the SBC coming to the local side. And uh, we, we, we pray that there would be a revival of the gospel in the Pittman Baptist Church and that a pastor would turn to Christ because I, I, am, I have salvation questions. I, I only have the gospel for you. Right. I, don't, I don't have much else. <clears throat> as as uh, one Dale Partridge said, we have to be very concerned for some pastors uh, as to whether or not they are saved because God gives stability to those who will stand on his truth. And if you're not standing on his truth because your legs are shaky, we have to question and ask questions, hard questions to get to the heart. So we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Transitioning now, over. <laughs> now, now we can transition to... Uh, players in baseball in the MLB that seem to have more conviction than some pastors of local Baptist churches in our area. Oh, uh, Thankful po- for these guys, though. Thankful for these guys. Yeah, seriously, this is people, again, this is highlighting people in positions to put their money where their mouth is. Um, five, uh, at least five players from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, took a, a stand at their Pride Celebration game. Um, the team had put out a special star patch on the jersey that was a rainbow kind of gunshot star. It's kind of an interesting rainbow logo. If you search the Tampa Bay Rays. Shot through with love. <laughs> yeah. So if you ser- uh, if you just search Tampa Bay Ray, play, Tampa Bay Ray, Tampa Bay Rays uh, players and, and pride, you'll get, a, you'll get these articles. 
Um, They're going to be in the show notes, Justin. Oh, all these articles are in the show notes, so you can just click on the link. Bam! We make this so easy. Um, uh, at least five pitchers uh, opted to not wear the patch. They actually just peeled the patch off of their jersey, and instead of wearing the pride baseball cap that Tampa Bay had made, they actually just wore the regular Tampa Bay jersey. Um, they highlighted the fact that the big deal for them was that um, religiously they couldn't put this on themselves as if they were supporting it at, on their person. Um, and I think that's a very reasonable stance. They they clearly said, uh, we we have love. Um we have love for all people, and they're welcome to watch the game of baseball. But we cannot, we cannot put this on our bodies as we we are Christians, and, and we have religious conviction to, to not support that. Uh, I think that's not only uh, incredibly fair, but also very reasonable and the right stand to do uh, as a baseball player. I mean, the only thing you could have done further is just to say, um, "I'm I'm unavailable to play for this game." I mean, I, I guess you could have taken that stand. Um, but and perhaps they would have had they been forced to. I, I think that was the question. But Tampa Bay did not force them into that. They they were available to play. Um, I'll try to read some of their uh, <clears throat> some of their comments. Uh, one comment: uh, they 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 actually uh, all, all the players were uh, Jason Adam, uh, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson. These are the players that peeled off this this uh, rainbow starburst logo and wore the traditional team hat. Um, they they selected uh, Jason Adam to be their spokesperson. Jason Adam said a lot of it comes down to faith, to like faith-based decisions. So it's a hard decision because ultimately uh, we all said uh, we want, what we want is, is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. Uh, but when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. Uh, and, and everyone so, on Twitter went, scream! <laughs> everyone, and everyone, you, you take off one little rainbow patch and everybody loses their mind! <laughs> um, you know, and then of course they got the general barrage of, you can't say behavior... It's not a behavior. As if biology dictates morality anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know what? Jeez. Uh, It's, (laughs) it was was a bold stand. It was a bold stand. I'm I'm thankful that there are people willing to say, hey, um, I'm all, I mean, I'm all about, anyone can come to our baseball games. Like, you're welcome here. It, It is a safe, it is a safe place in the stadium. But I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I can't support this by wearing something on my body that you're telling me is supporting something that my savior died for. Right. I, I think this is, it's a very reasonable stand, uh, uh to take in my, in my estimation. I, I, I think uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful they did it uh, again, taking a big stage, a big platform and saying, look, no, I'm, I'm going to put my faith where my mouth is and, and do something. Um, it's a shame because we have so many churches doing nothing and mm. instead, you know, letting dry Queens tell stories. Uh, I just want to know we're, we're avoiding many dry queen stories as we could be in this June and June. There's so many available. There's so many. It, it has become a, a cultural phenomenon. Yes. To the, from the bar in Texas that this the, the drag bar, the drag gay bar in Texas that decided to have a drag family family drag event and uh, parents literally, 
dragged their children to pride i believe it was drag drag your kids to pride yep um was the name of the event and they opened up the bar opened up at a more i guess family conducive time if you will <laughs> no uh nope there's no good family conducive time to that yep. actually children putting money in lingerie straps of adult men dressed as women it is not there's no family there. Oh, by the way, the that's run- a fight on site, bud. The qu- <laughs> fight on site. <laughs> the the quote unquote runway that these drag queens were strutting down and dancing down, and also inviting small children to join them down, uh, had a giant neon sign. And you would think if it was a family event, you just what you just don't flick the switch that turns the sign on. It is literally a neon sign. Um, but no, it was it was lit up, and uh, the the exact words of the. This is a fainting goat moment. This is a fainting goat warning to all of those listening. Uh, the sign said, it's not going to lick itself. That's what the sign said. So, I mean, great family environment, I yep. guess. Yeah. How anybody could be on that side of things is just absolutely insane. I had gotten into a Facebook comic, comment thread um, kind of discussing drag this 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 whole drag phenomenon in culture and they're like oh no that that picture's photoshopped and then i posted literally like three or four more from different events around the country like how about all these are these ones photoshopped and he's like oh no i I still can't i can't find them in reverse image shirt i'm like well all right well here's the video of this person dancing here's the video of this happening and he's like oh yeah no I, i would never take my kid to that oh oh you mean we weren't lying to you and you could like the sign didn't make the problem the sign is a problem (laughs) but far greater problem is the fact that there are men dressed as women dancing inappropriately wearing inappropriate clothes for even women in front of children like like, boil it down bro gee whiz i mean kids are removed from the homes of parents for less you know what i mean like Like kids are now removed from homes of parents who just want normal things for their kids. Yeah, I was going to say we're fast approaching the time. I mean, in, literally in Canada, we have a father who lost is, the is in jail. Right, he has lost. He's, well, I think technically he's on parole. I don't, I don't know that there's been a conclusion yet um, to the case, but he is he has lost parental rights. His his he wanted he did not want them to give uh, puberty blockers and sex change changed hormones and sex change procedures. Right. To his uh, daughter. Yeah, that's a pretty normal thing, and and he's the one who ended up in jail yeah. for misgendering. Canada, come on, guys! Like, you don't have long before you lose your guns, and that's all I'm going to say. So, like, figure it out. I'm just going to leave it out that. Leave it out there. You got <laughs> some stuff to do here. Let's get about it. Let's get let's get busy about it here. All right. Um. <laughs> so sad. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it. We'll, we'll keep it in the states here. So, um, whisk. <laughs> this this story is like, this story is probably the most disturbing, but most important story that we have to talk about. Um, there are are three teenagers that are facing sexual harassment charges under Title Nine, uh, for not using a student's correct pronouns. Right. We're not talking about like eighteen-year-olds or nineteen-year-olds. We're talking about like thirteen-year-olds. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, that's literally. Uh, that's literally what we're talking about, and 
it is just it is disturbing this happens uh this is happening at keel middle school in wisconsin wisconsin where cheese is cheese uh keel middle school (laughs) that's literally all we know about wisconsin (laughs) what we know sorry wisconsinians they're whatever 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 you are I'm just saying, Wisconsin, where's Red Foreman? I need Red Foreman to stand up here because that's how many shows in Wisconsin Red Foreman would be. Oh, he'd have some stuff to <laughs> he'd say. He'd be all over this communism. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, it's eighth graders. It, we're, we're literally talking about, you know, let's see, uh, 13 to 14 to 15-year-old stops. That's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So put, put yourself in this woman's shoes, all right? So one of, it says one of the boys' mothers, Rosemary yes, revealed that she went into shock when her son's school called her to make her aware of the investigation. I received a, as a quote, quote, I received a phone call from the principal over at the, elementary, over at the elementary school for warning me, letting me know I was going to be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against my son. I immediately went into shock. I was thinking sexual harassment? That's rape. That's inappropriate touching. That's incest. What has my son done? And this mom, this mom's like, I'm going to beat the mess out of that oh, kid. Yeah. She looks like that. Like, mm-hmm. like She looks at that kind of mom. Yeah, you you got to click I'm on a, the article and look at this still that they have at this woman. Like, I'm going to catch him by the hair. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a yeah. throwdown. All right, good. Yeah. So um, it says the investigating principal said he's been allegedly charged with sexual harassment for not using proper pronouns. I thought it wasn't real. I thought this has got to be a gag, a joke. One, one has nothing to do with the other. Oh, but it's it is no joke, because the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty uh, is defending the oh no they're defending the accused boys. Yes, uh, that makes sense because Liberty is you know yeah. speaking whatever. <laughs> I can call you a toaster for all for you can do, you can't stop me from calling you a a wombat. I, like I can, I can I I can say things. I can use words. <laughs> right. Yeah, the three boys were charged after one of them allegedly declined to use they/them pronouns that a fellow student asked everyone to use a month earlier. Um, huh? The state, the statement from Will says the school administrators can't force minor students to comply with their preferred mode of speaking. And just they to be clear, Will is the acronym for Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Thank Will, you. just yeah. to be clear, <laughs> and they certainly shouldn't be slapping eighth graders with Title IX investigations for what amounts to protected speech. This is a terrible precedent to set with enormous ramifications, and I agree. Um, yeah, no, uh, Luke Berg is right on there from the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, the Will Institute, which is an awesome acronym, actually. <laughs> Where do you work at, Will? <laughs> and it's spelled W I L L, just like you'd spell well. Um, it's it's not this is this is disturbing on every level this is 1984 crap this is this is where like i i just want to say it's we've never been able to turn parents into a voting block which is to say parents across political spectrums into a constituency but if you do these types of things. Parents aren't left with any other choices to, than to say, what? Like, what? You, you're trying to charge my child with sexual harassment because they didn't say they or them to a student who they previously know, knew as a he or she? Like, yeah. The, the, quote, the quote goes on. It says, The student had been screaming at one of uh, Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, calling him profanity. And this friend is very soft-spoken and kind of just sunk down into his chair. My son finally came up defending him, saying, 
quote, he doesn't have to use proper pronouns. It's his constitutional right not to use. You can't make him say things. Oh, uh, fact, oh the check. Day. fact check. <laughs> True. Oh, the day that an eighth grader has more political insight than anybody on the progressive left right now. Or, or, or just simple base uh, creative order morality understandings because he's an image bearer. Yeah, well, I mean, our constitu- our constitutional authors also understood this. Oh, things. boy, did they. Oh, we have a whole podcast on it. Oh, we have several podcasts on that. We love history, and I have a 654-page book coming to me as a f- personal Father's Day present uh, that is filled with sermons from the founding. <laughs> I'm oh, so you excited. bought those books? Uh, it's a two-volume set. Yeah, you bought them? Oh, boy, oh, did I. Did you buy them for me as well? Not yet. Oh. Christmas is coming. You know how we like to buy you thick things? Big old books like the dictionary from oh, Noah yeah. Webster. 1828. I use that often. All right, sorry. Anyway, but uh but yeah, so this is this is the insanity that's that's going on right now. Um you know, this is a this is a good plug I was thinking for um uh encrypted messaging chats and making sure that your family's communications are private and secure because and thinking about how to get your child away from anything that involves the word public, like education. Yes, no, 100%. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, we will be the first to say that churches should also be supporting, par- par- supporting parents <laughs> in trying to get their kids away. You pulled out your Wisconsin accent there for I that did. one. <laughs> really, you're trying to pro- support the parents, eh? I'm going to pull them on out of their schools. Oh, man. But, um... Mrs. Rabideau says no. No. Oh, all right, good. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah. So th- this is this is where this is where our conversation about uh, being being uh, savvy about social media, about making sure that your your family's messages are private and encrypted, making sure that people that are nefarious and are godless and people that want to do Christians harm don't have access to um, the private sensitive things that we are saying that are in con direct contradiction to their ideologies and that they do want to try to put you in jail for because you are a dangerous bigot. Yeah, and here's an important piece to this. They did, there was no warning to these parents. These parents were told their ch- their children were sexually harassing another student under Title IX. They would be pursuing charges against them. There was no build-up. These parents were blindsided. They thought their children had done something highly inappropriate when all a student stood up and said was, no... He doesn't have to do that. You can't make him do that. He has the right to not do that. Right. And we shouldn't exonerate on, on just one person's account. That's that's actually anti-biblical. But, but, I mean, what's more believable here? I mean, we've all seen the libs of TikTok videos of, of, of these, these people just screaming at the world because they don't understand their confusing ideologies. So, so when, when we hear this story of this student had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, that's believable. Who's getting bullied here, right? That, that's the question we have to ask. Who's, who's actually the one getting bullied? Well, it's more so than that because God, God is... God, not mocked. No, God is... Certainly, God is not mocked. I want to I frame this clearly. Um, God... There is no place in which God is not here currently killing people because they're mean. So let's just say, like, let's, let's pull our current cultural context out of it. 
let's say this happened in the 90s. Now, I lived through the 90s. In fact, I was in middle school in the 90s. In the 90s, we made fun of each other for things all the time. Like, I'm not saying it was good or right, but we also understood that making fun of someone was different than, like, reality. And these middle school students could have been very well being mean. And and here's here's the other thing. They could have been being mean, but not sexually harassing a, a soul. It is possible to be mean to someone and not be doing anything that is violative of a law, right? That, that, that violates a morality of God, the morality of God, but it does not violate a law. We're talking about something, you can assume the, you can assume the worst case scenario here. And I don't want any, I, I st- none of these boys should be, be permanently damaged. Their entire adult ability to earn and provide removed from them because they're being put on the same level as rapists. It's, it's, it's incongruent to rational thought. Agreed. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, let's take the harshest reading of this. Okay. Uh, the, the harshest reading of this, it highlights the reality of how far we have degraded the understanding of the rational order God has given. And, and that's, that's what's so disturbing. And, and man alive, like they're trying, I, I know, I know that the, the people representing the students, you know, the parents, the, the lawyers, they're trying to just drop these charges and not let it go further. But, but by golly, this is the kind of stuff that does need to go all the way to the top so that we can have some emphatic answers of no, you can't compel speech. That's one of the rudimentary, it's rudimentary, it's rudimentary to, to society. You cannot compel speech. Because as soon as you can start compelling speech, I can guarantee, I will tell you, there is, there is nothing off limits. Your home is not safe. You cannot love God anymore with your mouth well, we, without we, facing repercussions. We saw what, we see all, the, what, in terms of freedom of speech and freedom of expression, we saw what happens when you don't have that. And we saw that in Canada. In February and March, yeah, with the largest block party in the history of the world, super fun for family of all families of, and children of all ages. There were no drag queens there yelling at your children to transition, and and yet, what happens? The guys with guns come. The guys with guns come, and they trample people with horses, and they steal people's cars, gasoline, and diesel, and fuel. break into their trucks and take their personal possessions right. and seize them. Yeah, they freeze their bank accounts and their assets. That's what happens when we can't express ourselves and we don't Look, have that. Dear, dear Christian, know your word, know your word, and speak it. And and we will we we must be ready to speak it in the face of persecution. We must be ready to stand. We must be ready to stand for those, even those that we don't agree with, for the sake of God given liberty. Mm. Here, here. Mm. Well, fortunately, we get to transition once again. <laughs> Hopefully, to uh, we do want to we we have an important follow up. <laughs> this is an important follow up. It's a great way to end a, a news roundup because it's it is a very enjoyable story to me to talk about. I am I should say I've loved following this story. Uh, if you if you follow us on the Instagrams, you saw us do a reel just as a, a couple of weeks back, at the end of May, um, talking about the uh, <laughs> the court case brought in the Bronx. This is a 
New York's New York, sorry, words are difficult. A uh, New York Supreme Court case uh, ruling on happy. And who's happy, you might ask? Happy is a 45 year Not a drag queen. <laughs> not a drag queen. No, 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 no. Uh, happy is a 45 year old, I believe, Asiatic elephant. Uh, and Happy resides in the Bronx Zoo in Bronx, New York. Um, the <laughs> the group a group brought uh, a habeas corpus action against the Bronx Zoo, and this <clears throat> this group is based out of Florida, and I believe it's the non human yeah there's non human rights project is this is this group. This habeas corpus action was brought against the Bronx Zoo uh, because they felt Happy uh, needed to be treated as if Happy had personhood and therefore should not be kept uh, in a prison. The Non-Human Rights Project (laughs) advocates for the legal personhood of autonomous non-human animals such as great apes, elephants, dolphins, and whales, according to its website. Yes, well... (laughs) <laughs> well, the story on the face is funny. You know, you, the the initial reaction I had was, "Oh no, it's New York. They've got, they, there's no way they're going to get this right, right? There's no way they're going to accurately uh, rule on this case." Well, may I eat my own words? Because in a five-two decision, the Supreme Court of New York found that Happy the Elephant was in fact an elephant. <laughs> It, it was a shocking verdict. It was sure. a very shocking verdict. Specifically, specifically, they they said that the elephant did not have the same rights as a person because what with it being an obvious elephant at all, elephant, it's yeah. like gray and it walks on all fours. It's got this really long nose. It's very long, you know, abnormally large ears, a tail. It's definitely one hundred percent not a human. Not a human at all. So, <laughs> by God's people, grace. These people cannot be taken seriously. Oh, listen, boy, can they. Listen to this quote. <sighs> can I just quote this? Go, go ahead, go ahead. So it says, Lauren Choplin, a spokeswoman for the Non-Human Rights Project, said in a statement to CNN that the decision is a loss for Happy, but that the group will continue its grassroots campaign to release her. Why? It's only grassroots because nobody freaking, like, no one to, I'm sorry, to release her while it con- considers its next legal steps. By the way, it's a habeas corpus. Uh, it's a habeas corpus ruling. There, there are no other legal steps. The court said, yes, um, there's there's no human to have the rights of habeas corpus in this case. Right. So <laughs> there's no next steps here. So Lauren Choplin says, quote, at the same time, this is not just <laughs> this is not just a loss for Happy, whose freedom was at stake in this case and who remains imprisoned in a Bronx zoo exhibit. It's also a loss for everyone who cares about upholding and strengthening our most cherished values and principles of justice. <laughs> autonomy, <laughs> liberty, equality, and fairness, and ensuring our legal system is free of arbitrary <laughs> reasoning and, and that no one is denied basic rights simply because of who they are. <laughs> Can't hit the hi-hat enough right now, people, because everything, <laughs> everything Lauren just said is a joke. What are we talking about? This is, a, this is ruining our... This... 
Look around you. It's June. This is ruining our society's view of of justice. This is ruining our society's view of autonomy, liberty, equality, and fairness. This. This is the elephant. Just, just so everyone has an understanding here. Happy's been in captivity since she was one. She's 45 years old. Okay? 45 years. Now, I know. I know elephants can live a good long while. They can. The, the, the key word there is can live a and, good long while. You know, I feel like 45 is not, not a bad age. Uh, no, she's doing... And you know what? She's not doing bad. She's going to be okay. She's doing all right. Here's, here's the reality. Let's just take a quick... Let's just take a quick look. Happy to herself has a full acre of property. Nice property in New York. You know how much an acre of property costs in New York? You know how much? I don't think you can find an acre in New York. And let's be clear, I don't live on an acre property. No. <laughs> Me personally. No. And I have three I have three beautiful human children. Yeah. I have a beautiful human wife. I don't have myself access to an acre. And how much money did Happy pay for this acre of property? Zero. Happy paid zero. Happy is fed daily in an acre of property in some of the most expensive real estate in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious that they keep trying to argue that she's autonomous, right? She's not autonomous. She's been fed by humans all of her life. It's like releasing a domesticated cat into the wild. You only do that as a death sentence. They can't survive yeah, otherwise. It's literally, why, it's literally why we go and pick them up and take them to animal shelters because they can't survive. I, and like, what are they? They're going to take, they're going, they want to ship at, ship this 45 year old, this geriatric elephant across the country to an elephant preserve where, where it can, Get this, where it can interact with other elephants. Here's the problem. Happy is in an enclosure by herself because <laughs> she is aggressive towards other elephants. Now, she does have interaction with other elephants because they literally have her next to the pen of the other female elephant at the Bronx Zoo. Maybe she needs to attend some some sensitivity <laughs> training so that she cannot be such a bully. And they're like, oh, she doesn't have any interaction. I'm like, have you seen her enclosure? Okay, her, the, the barrier between her and the other elephant, right, is steel gauge wire. Now, it's three steel gauge wire hung across posts. You can, they can, they can throw stuff at each other. They can <laughs> smack each other all they want. They can touch. They can talk. They can, everything. They can come complete action, except, except Happy can't murder the other elephant. <laughs> That's the only thing this enclosure stops. Like, and... Oh, it's just so by dumping. And and what's going to happen at the preserve? Here's what's going to happen. Either Happy's going to die because Happy does not know how to eat things for herself, or they're, guess what? They're going to feed her. Well, then all you've done is put her in a place where she can be aggressive towards other elephants who she doesn't want to be around in a larger area where where humans are still required to keep her alive. I, I want to know if this organization is going to prosecute Happy if she murders another elephant. <laughs> just It's like nothing... <laughs> Nothing makes sense anymore. All right, so here's what the sane chief justice actually said, chief judge here in New York said. While no one disputes that elephants are intelligent beings deserving of proper care and compassion, and all of God's children say, amen. amen. Uh, she continued on, Judge, uh, Chief Judge Janet DeFiori De said, happy as a non-human animal, to, to be clear, she was very clear to say, a non-human animal does not have a legally cognizable right to be at liberty under New York law. Habeas corpus is a procedural vehicle intended to secure the liberty rights of human beings who are unlawfully restrained, not non-human animals. 
And it's like, oh my gosh, a big sigh of relief. Thank goodness someone could accurately identify that there is nothing human about this giant elephant. But we, but we haven't highlighted the problem yet. We haven't highlighted the problem yet. This was a 5-2 decision. Yes. There are two human beings on that on oh, that court man. that it, wanted to recognize human rights to an <laughs> elephant. <laughs> These, and they Not ha- someone who identifies as an elephant, an actual <laughs> elephant. And let's be clear, not just did they, not only did they not agree, they had some things to say. Uh, so uh, the one of the judges, Judge Rowan Wilson, <clears throat> wrote this. When the majority answers... Wait, the name's Rowan Wilson? Rowan Wilson. Like Owen Wilson? Like Owen Wilson with an R. <laughs> Rowan Wilson. When the majority answers, no animals cannot have right... No, sorry, let me, let me say this correctly. When the majority answers, no, animals cannot have rights. I worry for that animal, but I worry even more greatly about how that answer denies and denigrates the human capacity for understanding, empathy, and compassion. You can't empathize with an elephant. <laughs> well, actually, I think I think Judge Rowan may identify as trans-elephant. <laughs> she, I think she identifies as elephant positive. Oh man! I think I think elephant affirming. Elephant, <laughs> like what, what are you? What what are, what are we saying here, guys? What are we saying? It's like no one's taking five seconds to just, just, just think. Just think for half, like, you're not thinking at all about what you're saying. Oh. It is, it is the height of absurdity. Well, it's nearing there. We're, we're, get, yeah. we're, we're, we're coming to the, t- it's gonna, it's, it's interesting. We're gonna, we're, we're, we're get only up here. We're just gonna only, we can only go up from here. We're just coming towards the bottom and it's like, oh, Lord help us. Please, please come quick, Lord. We anxiously await your... <laughs> Judgment of all sin and full sovereign throne being established, and uh, but thankfully, Happy the Elephant is indeed an elephant, and despite what two descending judges have to say, there's no manner of rationale that makes her anything else. Like, how mean do you have to be to be like, let's take Grandma out of the nursing home and like? Pick up any human being from the Bronx and just drop them in the middle of the Adirondacks. Oh, hey, you're a human. You should be fine, right? You should be fine. You're like, no, I can't order from Amazon here. I'm going to die. (laughs) I only know how to live if I can have things brought to my door. Well, you're going to have to figure out how to make a fire. You're going to have to find shelter. You're going to have to find drinkable water. You're going to have to get food for yourself. Don't eat those berries. Those berries will make you <laughs> crap yourself and die. Like, like <laughs> is real. It's like, it's like, like you can't do that to a human. Why in the world would you take a geriatric elephant and and move? Like, it's so. It is not kind. It is not help. And then think just to think about the ramifications of what this would mean. You're like, oh, oh, you're oh, you're a blind person. Oh, you think you can just ha- you can just have that seeing eye dog to help you move about? You think that dog works for you? How dare you? That dog needs to be free. <laughs> Sorry, blind person. <laughs> no more seeing eye dog. 
I guess it would it would get rid of the one thing, which is all the people that are lying about having yeah. <laughs> compassion animals on oh flights gosh, and so in airports, people. just crapping on the floor. People try to do that in the hospital all the time. They're like, "This is my emotional support lizard." I'm like, <laughs> sick. I'm like, we literally use reptile to to describe someone with no emotion. It's not an emotional support lizard. What's it gonna do? Just crawl on you <laughs> uh, you're in the er i'm concerned where you found that emotional reptile lizard emotional support lizard dude people try to bring in all sorts of crazy stuff this is my emotional support goldfish I'm like well where's its vest ma'am you, this is, here's the thing <laughs> it's emotional support animal vest <laughs> you want to know the height that you can't ask you can't ask people for proof of documentation for these things it's amazing you just have to be like I I guess we'll put you in a room with your lizard. Like, <laughs> like, like can't have you in the hallway with oh, your lizard. Like, I just really hope that, I I hope we've <laughs> end, we've been able to end this on a light note. A win for rational sanity. Thank goodness there were at least five judges that were willing to say, you know what, I can't do it. That elephant's an elephant. I I have two eyes. I can tell you that's an elephant right there. Yeah. Well, if <sighs> only these judges will start opening their eyes to the reality of the human beings in the womb. That would be. Oh man! Yeah, go ahead. You know what? Anytime, anytime, Supreme Court. You want to actually, you know? I just don't understand. I don't understand. You got a guy driving a taxi to a Supreme Court justice's house, armed, ready to kill a Supreme Court justice. By the way, let's just be clear. All this report said that he was found. He was he was apprehended near the Supreme Court justice's house. That's because the. <laughs> The FBI that was surveilling the house watched this guy drive a taxi right up to the actual address, get out and look at another house to confirm, then notice them and then began to quickly walk away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to. Oh, no, no, no. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Yes. Yet we're not releasing this decision. And. Well, all, all I all I know is, I mean, if if this works, I, there's there's an easy path to getting the Supreme Court to do just about anything you want them to do. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Which is very sad. Very sad. Anyway, happy the elephants. An elephant, praise God for that. And uh, elephants were made by God, and they are majestic creatures that we should look at. And uh, even though you don't have access to Asia or Africa, it is awesome that some zoos still have elephants that you can come see. Not most zoos, because the non-human rights activists, as well as many other organizations, have taken elephants away from all zoos, because it's wrong to have elephants. I'm just ruining everything for everybody. Yeah, you know what? I'm just thankful to the Lord that my wife's always been on top of the elephants. She's always been watching. <laughs> She's always been monitoring the elephants' statuses. Uh, so she, we, I got to see, we got to go with our kids to Barnum and Bailey Circus before they, they, let, they released their elephants into an elephant preserve uh, when they were in Philadelphia. That was really cool. And uh, we did get to see the elephants one last time at the Philadelphia Zoo before they were sent to an elephant preserve. <laughs> <laughs> all these, where the heck is all these elephants going? <laughs> all the elephants to the Some elephant random plane in Colorado? Or no, something? no. Like, I think it's I think it's like when your when your your parents are like, you know what? It's okay. We're just gonna take old Yeller to. to we have a farm. It's a farm for for older dogs, and that's where he's gonna go, right? And they told you that as a kid, and then you know you find out twenty years later that it's you know they just. Took, they took Yeller to the vet, and the vet, vet killed Yeller, and they buried Yeller in a box in the backyard. That's what you find out. All these elephants are <laughs> turned into, like, jackets and vests. And <laughs> oh, 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 that's not okay. <laughs> Josh Kreese probably has an elephant skin Bible. 
probably new shoes for that poor celebrity influencer that couldn't ride the horse. <laughs> what? Oh, you didn't hear about this story? We're going to add one to the news roundup. <laughs> I guess so. Instagram influencer went to a ranch uh, to ride horseback. It was actually to promote John Bon Jovi's line of wine with a bunch of other influencers. They were doing like a photo shoot and stuff. Well, she's 240 pounds. She's a very large lady. She's a big, big lady. And uh, she went there to ride a horse with the other skinny little pretty princess Instagram, you know, influencers. And uh, they said, I'm sorry, we... Uh, we, we can't let you ride out. We don't have any horses to accommodate your weight. And, uh, of course, that, all led her, that led her to use her influencer status to say how hateful it was and wrong that it was that they couldn't let her ride a horse and that she had to leave. They actually didn't tell her she had to leave. They just said, we'd like you not to kill the horse. <laughs> they, they have spines that are essential to their movement. And it you was probably the same animal rights group them. that was defending that horse. It's like... It's like they don't hate you. They just don't want you to... I mean, how traumatic would it be for you to get on a horse and then... <laughs> have it split <laughs> you're, like, you're having a little <laughs> jaunt around the yard and then... Crack. 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 <laughs> Dead. It's the sandwiched. horse is making horrible sounds. <laughs> sandwiched between its neck and its throat. falls right this I mean, is so terrible. I mean, they I have a chart for that. people that, you know, you need a, you'd need a horse that... Is literally about twelve hundred pounds. So, like, you're looking at you know, Clydesdale, and um, there's not a lot of them available to <laughs> ride on most ranches. Uh, <laughs> it's just how dumb is our world? Anyway, hopefully these wor- these stories have uh, awakened you to the reality that um, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. It is essential for us to understand that we must stand boldly on the firm foundation of God's wisdom through His revealed Word. Uh, through the the grace provided by his son and salvation and the sealing of the Holy Spirit to stand boldly in the face of this chaotic and insane culture. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. On that note, we hope that you, this very day, most essentially, will seize the faith.